0: Section twenty two of Iola Leroy or Shadows Uplifted. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Iola Leroy or Shadows Uplifted by Francis E. W. Harper. CHAPTER Twenty Two, FURTHER LIFTING OF THE Veil. Vale. In one of those fearful conflicts by which the Mississippi was freed from rebel intrusion and open to commerce, Harry was severely wounded, and forced to leave his place in the ranks for a bed in the hospital. One day, as he lay in his bed thinking of his former home in Mississippi, and wondering if the chances of war would ever restore him to his loved ones, he fell into a quiet slumber. When he awoke, he found a lady bending over him, holding in her hands some fruit and flowers. As she tenderly bent over Harry's bed, their eyes met, and with a thrill of gladness they recognized each other. "'Oh, my son, my son!' cried Marie, trying to repress her emotion, as she took his wasted hand in hers and kissed the pale cheeks that sickness and suffering had blanched. Harry was very weak but her presence was a call to life he returned the pressure of her hand kissed it and his eyes grew full of sudden light as he murmured faintly but joyfully "Mamma, oh mamma, have i found you at last the effort was too much and he immediately became unconscious anxious yet hopeful marie sat by the bedside of her son till consciousness was restored caressingly she bent over his couch murmuring in her happiness the tenderest sweetest words of motherly love in harry's veins flowed new life and vigor calming the restlessness of his nerves as soon as possible harry was carried to his mother's home a home brought into the light of freedom by the victories of general grant nursed by his mother's tender loving care he rapidly recovered but being too disabled to re-enter the army he was honorably discharged lorraine had taken marie to vicksburg and there allowed her to engage in confectionery and preserving for the wealthy ladies of the city he had at first attempted to refugee with her in texas but being foiled in the attempt He was compelled to enlist in the Confederate Army and met his fate by being killed just before the surrender of Vicksburg. My dear son, Marie would say as she bent fondly over him, I am deeply sorry that you are wounded, but I am glad that the fortunes of war have brought us together. Poor Iola, I do wonder what has become of her. Just as soon as this war is over, I want you to search the country all over poor child how my heart has ached for her time passed on harry and his mother searched and inquired for iola but no tidings of her reached them having fully recovered his health and seeing the great need of education for the colored people harry turned his attention toward them and joined the new army of northern teachers He still continued his inquiries for his sister, not knowing whether or not she had succumbed to the cruel change in her life. He thought she might have passed into the white basis for the sake of bettering her fortunes. Hope deferred, which had sickened his mother's heart, had only roused him to renewed diligence. A school was offered him in Georgia, and thither he repaired, taking his mother with him. They were soon established in the city of A., In hope of finding Iola, he visited all the conferences of the Methodist Church, but for a long time his search was in vain. Mama, said Harry, one day during his vacation, there is to be a Methodist conference in this state, in the city of S., about 150 miles from here. I intend to go and renew my search for Iola. Poor child, burst out Marie, as the tears gathered in her eyes. I wonder if she is living. I think so, said Harry, kissing the pale cheek of his mother. I don't feel that Iola is dead. I believe we will find her before long. It seems to me my heart would burst with joy to see my dear child just once more. I am glad that you are going. When will you leave? Tomorrow morning. Well, my son, go, and my prayers will go with you was marie's tender parting wish early next morning harry started for the conference and reached the church before the morning session was over near him sat two ladies one fair the other considerably darker there was something in the fairer one that reminded him forcibly of his sister but she was much older and graver than he imagined his sister to be instantly he dismissed the thought that had forced itself into his mind and began to listen attentively to the proceedings of the conference. When the regular business of the morning session was over, the bishop arose and said, "'I have an interesting duty to perform. I wish to introduce a young lady to the conference who was the daughter of a Mississippi planter. She is now in search of her mother and brother, from whom she was sold a few months before the war. Her father married her mother in Ohio, where he had taken her to be educated. After his death, they were robbed of their inheritance and enslaved by a distant relative named Lorraine. Miss Iola Leroy is the young lady's name. If anyone can give the least information respecting the objects of her search, it will be thankfully received. I can exclaimed a young man rising in the midst of the audience and pressing eagerly, almost impetuously, forward. I am her brother, and I came here to look for her. Iola raised her eyes to his face, so flushed and bright with the glow of recognition, rushed to him, threw her arms around his neck, kissed him again and again, crying, Oh, Harry! Then she fainted from excitement. The women gathered around her with expressions of tender sympathy and gave her all the care she needed. They called her the dear child for without any effort on her part she had slidden into their hearts and found a ready welcome in each sympathizing bosom harry at once telegraphed the glad tidings to his mother who waited their coming with joyful anticipation long before the cars reached the city mrs leroy was at the depot restlessly walking the platform or eagerly peering into the darkness to catch the first glimpse of the train which was bearing her treasures At length the cars arrived, and as Harry and Iola alighted, Marie rushed forward, clasped Iola in her arms, and sobbed out her joy in broken words. Very happy was the little family that sat together around the supper-table for the first time for years. They partook of that supper with thankful hearts, and with eyes overflowing with tears of joy very touching were the prayers the mother uttered when she knelt with her children that night to return thanks for their happy reunion and to seek protection through the slumbers of the night the next morning as they sat at the breakfast-table marie said my dear child you are so changed i do not think i would have known you if i had met you in the street and i said harry can hardly realize that you are our own iola whom I recognized as sister a half-dozen years ago. "'Am I so changed?' asked Iola, as a faint sigh escaped her lips. "'Why, Iola,' said Harry, "'you used to be the most harum-scarum girl I ever knew, laughing, dancing, and singing from morning until night.' "'Yes, I remember,' said Iola. "'It all comes back to me like a dream. "'Oh, Mama!' I have passed through a fiery ordeal of suffering since then. But it is useless, and as she continued, her face assumed a brighter look, to brood over the past. Let us be happy in the present. Let me tell you something which will please you. Do you remember telling me about your mother and brother? Yes, said Marie in a questioning tone. Well, continued Iola with eyes full of gladness, i think i have found them can it be possible exclaimed marie in astonishment it is more than thirty years since we parted i fear you are mistaken no mamma i have drawn my conclusions from good circumstantial evidence after i was taken from you i passed through a fearful siege of suffering which would only harrow up your soul to hear i often shudder at the remembrance the last man in whose clutches i found myself was mean brutal and cruel i was in his power when the union army came to see where i was living a number of colored men stampeded to the union ranks with a gentleman as a leader whom i think is your brother a friend of his reported my case to the commander of the post who instantly gave orders for my release a place was given me as nurse in the hospital I attended that friend in his last illness. Poor fellow! He was the best friend I had in all the time I have been tossing about. The gentleman whom I think is your brother appeared to be very anxious about his friend's recovery, and was deeply affected by his death. In one of the last terrible battles of the war, that of five forks, he was wounded and put into the hospital ward where I was an attendant. For a while he was delirious, and in his delirium he would sometimes think that I was his mother, and at other times his sister. I humoured his fancies, would often sing to him when he was restless, and my voice almost invariably soothed him to sleep. One day I sang to him that old hymn we used to sing on the plantation, Drooping souls no longer grieve, Heaven is propitious. If on Christ you do believe, you will find him precious. I remember, said Marie with a sigh, as memories of the past swept over her. After I had finished the hymn, continued Iola, he looked earnestly and inquiringly into my face and asked, Where did you learn that hymn? I have heard my mother sing it when I was a boy, but I have never heard it since. I think, Mama, the words, I was lost, but now I'm found, glory, 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 had imprinted themselves on his memory, and that his mind was assuming a higher state of intellectuality. He asked me to sing it again, which I did until he fell asleep. Then I noticed a marked resemblance between him and Harry, and I thought, suppose he should prove to be your long-lost brother. During his convalescence, we found that we had a common ground of sympathy. We were anxious to be reunited to our severed relations. We had both been separated from our mothers. He told me of his little sister with whom he used to play. She had a mole on her cheek which he called her beauty spot. He had the red spot on his forehead which you told me of. End of chapter twenty two. Recording by James K. White. Chula Vista.